spread the word. The JCPenney Friends and Family Sale is back. And this week, we're passing the savings on to you. Use your extra 30% off coupon to prep your home and style your family for Easter. That's extra savings on top of our great low prices. Plus, share your coupon with everyone you know and love. It's always better when we save together. JCPenney, make everybody count. Offer valid 311 through 317. Exclusions apply. See store or jcp.com for details. Um. Agriculture is Saskatchewan, and 620 CKRM is your source for everything ag. Welcome to our newly expanded Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Sitting in for Jim Smalley, here's Ryan McNally. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, brought to you by Seedmaster. Save up to $22.50 per acre on canola with the Seedmaster Ultra Pro 2 Individual Row Metering System. Today, we have safety tips for farmers working in this extreme heat wave we're experiencing. We also hear from the Egg in Motion Discovery Farm as they hold a virtual field day today. And the farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. Um. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Filling in for Jim, here's Ryan McNally. It's another hot Saskatchewan day across the Green Belts, with highs in the mid-30s expected across the province. Many areas, such as Regina, Moose Jaw, Saskatoon, New Yorkton, are still under heat warnings for a second and even third day. Record highs were shattered across the province yesterday. Thirteen communities all saw record high temperatures defeated by this latest heat wave, including here in Regina. That saw a 101-year-old record high bested by 0.9 degrees. But of course, farmers and ranchers won't be stuck Stopping their operations during this heat. Environment Canada meteorologist Dave Carlson says there are some things farmers need to keep in mind when working outdoors. They just need to remember to take lots and lots of breaks. Make sure that they're, uh, um, if they're in a air-conditioned cab, uh, take advantage of that. Uh, take lots of water with you, and uh, and you know, if it, and anything you can do to stay uh, to stay cool, stay hydrated. Uh, that's that's pretty much what we can recommend. While harvest operations are underway in many parts of Saskatchewan, many producers are hoping for rain for that last little push. Carlson says they should be in luck later this week. It looks like over the next uh, the next five or six days, there's going to be a chance of spotty thunderstorms here and there throughout southern Saskatchewan uh, after after the big heat comes today. Um, but uh, to, to try and forecast exactly where that's going to, going to form at any given point is pretty hard to, to say. But it looks like most of southern Saskatchewan is going to have a, a fairly good chance of showers and thunderstorms, uh, say, starting, uh, starting on Friday and going for four or five days. And that was Dave Carlson from Environment Canada as heat warnings continue across the Saskatchewan grain belts. There have been so many changes over the past number of months, and some of them have happened at your local favorite grocery store. But how many of these changes will be sticking around, and how many will fade away over time? Alberta reporter Dean Thorpe spoke with Dr. Sylvain Charbois, a professor at Food for Food Analytics at Dalhousie University. Some of them I, I don't think will be permanent, like the plexiglass, the masks. Um, I mean, cleaning protocols I don't think are going to go away. Uh, being greeted by a person who just cleaned your cart, for example, I don't think that's going to last either. But they are things uh, that I believe will stay. So starting with prices, I think everyone has noticed that prices have gone up. That's that's not going to change. Uh, we actually are expecting uh, the food inflation rate to, ex- to exceed the general inflation rate for 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 some time and so that's that's not going to change for a while so food is getting more expensive but we are 
spending more time at home and cooking and processing their own food. And some people actually have their own gardens and they're saving money. So we're not, we may not be spending more on, on food, but we are certainly uh, looking at higher prices. The other thing that is, uh, is changing, and I don't think it's going to go away because people are going to be spending more time in, in the kitchen, is, uh, is the fresh stuff. Fresh is in. People want fresh. They're spending more time in the periphery of the store, which is certainly good news, uh, especially for dietitians who are looking to encourage canes to follow um, good diets. I would think that focus on fresh probably uh, bodes well for things like farmers markets. Absolutely, and so and when you actually are forcing people to spend a little bit more on food, they'll be more careful. Uh, they'll be looking at uh, investing in their own nutrition, which is always a good thing. Uh, but at the same time, of course, uh, we are expecting people to indulge, indulge once in a while, and that's absolutely quite human to do so. But the other phenomena which is really just overwhelming everything else is is e-commerce. E-commerce is absolutely going to uh, impact. It, it is impacting uh, uh, the uh, the food sector. Most markets today, and I probably would include Edmonton, you can actually get your food delivered to your home within an hour or two. Uh, it is the case in Halifax, and and I can tell you, five months ago, it wasn't that it wasn't like that at all. So it's actually easier to to stay home and and get fed because you get more services. You can actually get all sorts of services. Um, uh, delivery uh, home delivery services from most most businesses that actually do retail food one way or another. That's Dr. Sylvain Charles-Blois with Dalhousie University. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Covering for Jim Smalley, here's Ryan McNally. This portion is brought to you by Salford Group. Call your Salford equipment dealer or visit salfordgroup.com. Alberta reporter Cheryl Brooks spoke more with the Director of Community Initiatives with ATB Financial in Calgary, Terry Andrio, who refers to himself as a ruralite since he grew up on a farm in Manitoba but eventually moved to Alberta. He says surveys have shown that while people like farmers, they don't always believe in farming itself. And he says the industry has to rebuild the trust and understanding that it used to bridge the gap. While no one is remotely thinking the COVID-19 pandemic has been okay in any shape or form, one thing it has done is given us the opportunity to give certain things a try, such as growing a garden, pickling, making our own bread, baking, and pretty much any things our parents or grandparents did to the point where we're finally realizing that they had it right all along. We're growing our own horseradish and using making our own horseradish. So I think these are all really good things that are starting to creep back into our daily lives, not just within our household, but many households. And I think social media is helping that. You know, when my wife, every day when she does something new, she's posting it <laughs> on Facebook and people are just, to use the wrong term, they're eating this up. <laughs> they, 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 they like seeing it. And I, I think they applaud for what she does and the effort that she goes through. And again, I think it, it becomes contagious. So once you get past the curiosity stage, it's about now doing it. I guess the people who really will appreciate it too will be the ones that kind of continue on with it because I don't expect everybody to keep doing it because sometimes it's just like, wow, this is a lot of work. Yeah, and I, I think we're in a 
position right now purely from a time thing. Having four kids in our house, I can't imagine all of ours are grown up and they're all 22 and older, but people going through a, a period of time for the last five or six months where they have to teach their kids, be their kids, and still look after the job, it's really time consuming. So you hope that they get the opportunity to continue on with baking, cooking, and doing preserves and stuff like that. But the reality is they'll return to their job and it'll probably slow down, but at least they got exposed to it. And, you know, and they, they tried it and attempted it. And, those are always good things. Let's just talk about the the tweet about repersonalizing agriculture. What did you mean by that and how do we do it? I think it's putting a face and name to agriculture. It's, it's understanding the people that are producing your food and why they're producing your food. And for so many of them, there's not a lot of new people entering into the farming community. It's usually multi-generation. So I think the consumers need to know who's actually producing their food and we talk about the personalization or the characteristics of the characters who actually grow food for you and people need to know that because then they get a better appreciation of the human being behind it and we call it really the humanizing of agriculture from what you do as a job and you know the fact that you're out and about a lot are you seeing that sort of thing that people want to find out more like is there a demand from the general public to find out more about farming in general Again, I think it's a curiosity thing. You know, when Canada celebrated our 150th birthday three years ago, we ran a program at ATV called A Seat at Your Table. And really what it was meant to do was expose people who weren't familiar with agriculture to the farmers and bring them to the table. And on the 150th anniversary, we brought 150 people to the table. 75 of them were consumers and 75 of them were farmers and specifically designed to bring the millennial generation together because with technology and digital platforms, we knew that there's a tendency to spend less time together and more time online. You know, and what we did was we matched up 75 farmers with 75 consumers, and we heard a great success story out of a, a farmer of Troshu, John. And John and I were talking, and he says, you know, the best thing about that evening, Terry, was I had 50 brand new followers on Twitter <laughs> and 25 of them engaged with them still and about 10 to 15 came out to the farm. So when you hear stuff like that, you know that there is curiosity. There are people willing to learn and get exposed to the farming life and how the food has grown and why we do certain things like why we brand cattle and and why we use pesticides and herbicides and the volatility of those things and how we conserve water and how we work with soil erosion. So I think there is probably a, a smaller percentage of people that really want to get entrenched in this. But overall, the visibility to the connecting to the farm is really important for everybody to understand. That's Calgary ATB Financial Community Initiatives Director, Terry Andrio. My farm runs on hard work, and my farm runs on lots of batteries. My combine, my truck, the ATV I use to check the fences, they all need batteries. Prairie Battery has all I need to keep my farm fully powered. And they're rated in cold cranking amps, so you know that they'll handle a prairie winter. From locomotive to watch batteries, if it needs a replacement, Prairie Battery can help. They pay cash for your old batteries, too. Prairie Battery, they have the power. 646 Henderson Drive in Regina. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney on The Source, 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update brought to you by the Canola School. Get canola agronomic information when you need it on your smartphone, tablet, or laptop. 
Our library of timely agronomic information is free and available at canolaschool.com. Sean Haney here with RealAgriculture.com and Real Ag Radio, joined right now by Greg Bartley. He is with Pulse Canada. He's their Director of Crop Protection and Crop Quality. Greg, how are you? Pretty good, thanks, Sean. How are you? Doing well, doing well. Uh, Greg, seeing a lot of communication out in the marketplace about Keep It Clean. What, what is the Keep It Clean program and what's its intent? Sure. So the Keep It Clean program is a cross-commodity initiative between Pulse Canada, Canola Council of Canada, and Cereals Canada. Uh, to provide information to, to growers and industry on potential market access risks related to, related to crop protection products or agronomic practices uh, that could potentially pose that market access risk. Okay, so give us an example. Uh, uh, start with an example in pulses, but obviously you're with Pulse Canada, so let's start there. For sure. So I'd say what we're most known for in the Keep It Clean program related to pulses is, is something we produce uh, called our Pulse Emerald Advisory. This is where we provide the communications on any crop protection product that may pose a market access risk related to MRLs. So when we produce this uh, advisory, we're basically communicating any crop protection products um, that pose that risk. So things like uh, pre-harvest products or desiccant products that have that greater MRL challenge is what we typically communicate. Okay, so like don't don't put uh, glufosinate, don't use that as a desiccant on your pulses. Is that an example? Exactly. So when we communicate um, for, for the registration on the glufosinate on lentils in Western Canada, basically we're highlighting here that there is a major MRL risk. We have no MRLs established in any of our export markets. Uh, therefore, it just poses that uh, great potential for MRL. So as you, we can get that information to board, uh, tell them some of it, and hopefully uh, provide accommodation not to use that product to maintain market access. Okay, Greg, here, here's where the challenge is, I think, for some growers, that they'll say, yeah, but it, that using glufosinate on pulses in this example, it works. Why can't we get an MRL out there so I can use the product? Yeah, no, and that's the challenge. And what we're trying to differentiate here between a registered product, so obviously all these products are registered here in Canada, and what an acceptable product is, you know, what's acceptable to use that won't create that trade concern. So the issue gets back down to all all of our MRL issues. You know, when we establish MRLs here in Canada, you know, we're establishing for use patterns here. The challenge that we're dealing with is that when we export our grain to export markets, we have around the MRLs in that export market. And in some cases, those MRLs aren't aligned with what we have in Canada. So if you use this glufosate example, um, our MRL here in Canada is six parts per million, six ppm. If you compare that to, let's say, the U.S. MRL, there is no MRL established. So any detection of glufosinate on the crop if it's being exported to the U.S., um, it'll create a, it'll be a non-compliance. So it could be rejected, and then that'll be sent back to Canada. Okay, so pulses aren't the only crop type that has a challenge. Uh, obviously, cereals and canola do as well. What's an example in the in the cereals? I'm, I'm assuming it's glyphosate. That's one that comes up all the time. Yeah, for sure. So glyphosate is pretty common across all of our crops. You know, even in the pulse example, we do have some uh, communicating some restrictions for glyphosate. Uh, similar scenario for, for cereals, in many cases, just communicating that there are potential market access concerns or specifically looking at malt barley where they're recommending not to use glyphosate altogether. And this is uh, just to make sure we're being very clear. We're talking about glyphosate being used as a pre-harvest. Correct, yeah, yeah. pre-harvest applications of the product. And it's very important to, to differentiate, you know, the, the proper use of glyphosate too. You know, recognizing that glyphosate is registered for pre-harvest weed control and not to be used as a desiccant. So if you are going out there, you know, it's a great tool to use for, for that pre-harvest weed control application. 
Um, but if you are going to use it, it's obviously getting the, the timing correct as well, you know, recognizing that 30% moisture content if you are going to apply it um, to reduce those risks of residues. Yeah. Uh, what about canola? So canola this year, they aren't actually communicating any crop production product that has a market access risk. Uh, so for this year, there are no products to, to be aware of. Um, and typically, these, these products are, are communicated, if there is a restriction, uh, communicated through uh, producer declarations uh, at the elevator. So usually, you typically see it, see it there. But for this year, there are, there are no products of, of concern to, to communicate for so how often do these lists change, Greg? Yeah, so we, we do this review process annually. So typically we come together as an industry, uh, as pulses, cereals, canola, we, we each meet separately. But we, we have our committees to, to review the marketing risks uh, for the next year. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Raymore Yorkton and Watrous New Holland, working hard to keep more jingle in your jeans, and brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. Southern Saskatchewan remains under a heat warning. The area includes Regina, Saskatoon, Moose Jaw, Weyburn, Estevan, and Swift Current. You can check 620CKRM.com for more details. Sunshine today with a high of 35. Clear tonight with increasing cloudiness throughout the evening with a low 14. Clearing late in the morning tomorrow with a high of 34. Rain's expected overnight and low 17. Friday, clearing throughout the day with a high of 29 and a low of 13. Saturday, sunshine with a high of 30. A strong chance of rain overnight with a low of 12. Sunday, sunshine with a high of 29 and a low of 11. Normal high for this time of year, 24 degrees. Normal low is 9. Sun rose this morning at 554. The sun will set tonight at 810. Right now in Prince Albert, it's 28. Saskatoon at 26. Swift Current, it's at 31. In Estevan, 35. Weyburn already at 36 this hour. In Yorkton, it's 30. Right now in Moose Jaw, mainly sunny and 34. In Regina, partly cloudy and 34 degrees. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Covering for Jim Smalley, here's Ryan McNally. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal's Auctioneers. McDougalAuctions.com. Now, the Discovery Farm on the Egg in Motion site near Langham is hosting its first ever field day today. It also serves as a follow-up onto the online event that was held last month. Attendance has been limited today to about 30 people to meet COVID-19 guidelines. Saskatoon reporter Neil Billinger spoke with Blake Wyseth, Glacier Farm Media's applied research lead, first thing this morning. Well, we were able to see much of this type of content on our virtual Egg in Motion Discovery Plus event, this is really the chance to see it uh, live and much more hands-on experience. So we're, we're very excited for that. We uh, do recognize the safety of our attendees for the event, so we have implemented our COVID policy uh, throughout the day. Those at today's field day will also be able to check out the canola and wheat seeded in the field of excellence. With the stretch of very hot and dry weather we've had over the last number of weeks. The crops are certainly progressing quite quickly. I would definitely anticipate us being in the field within the next maybe three or four weeks or so. Was this a, a later seeded crop? You have wheat and canola. Were they both seeded at the same time? Were they, they seeded a little later than, than maybe some, some guys uh, have seeded in other areas? 
Yeah, I mean, our crops, uh, our wheat and canola, we got them in right around the last week of May. And I guess I would say that is perhaps on the later end of the feeding window. That said, I think in general, just the spring we had here uh, with sort of the wet and cool weather that we experienced, I think it was um, approximately in line with, you know, uh, what many other producers in the area were seeding as well. Any uh, production issues with either crop this year in regards to disease or insects, things like that? We were pretty fortunate, didn't have too many issues from the the pests in that way, Uh, but I I would expect, uh, and I guess we'll see when the crop ultimately comes in, that what effect this recent uh, heat wave has had in terms of causing stress on the crop. So that will be something interesting to see at harvest time. Tell us about the data collection process when the harvest is underway. You know, obviously you'll be keeping track of yield and and things like that, but uh, are there any other things that you guys are going to be uh, especially monitoring from these uh, two crops? Yield, of course, being the big one for sure. I think we'll also be looking at grain quality. So uh, in our tr- in our program at the Field of Excellence site, we were looking at split nitrogen applications. So that is, uh, you know, an in-season top dress nitrogen application. So on our wheat, as an example, you know, we might be interested in seeing what effect that has on the protein content in, in, in the wheat, as an example. And then also, very importantly, is looking at the economic aspect of things. So comparing all of our input costs and our return and reporting on what our return on investment from the project was as well. If you're on Twitter, I'm assuming you guys are going to be putting up a a few pictures for people to check out today? Yes, you bet. I I definitely encourage anyone listening to check us out uh, on Twitter. Uh, Our Discovery Farm has an account on Twitter now, so be sure to check that out. Follow us. And uh, as throughout the entire year, we are continuing to put content on that for people to keep in the loop on what we're doing. Blake Wyseth is the Applied Research Lead at the Discovery Farm, which is on the Egg in Motion site near Langham. A small field day today with about 30 people in attendance. It's going on once again today. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Covering for Jim Smalley, here's Ryan McNally. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered, tough equipment on the market. SGI is advising people driving across Saskatchewan's roads and highways to watch for large farm equipment. Yorkton reporter Craig Wallabeck spoke with SGI's Tyler McMurchie, who says while accidents with farm equipment are rare, they still occur too often. It's that time of year we want to uh, remind drivers that they may be encountering farm equipment on our uh, roads and highways as uh, farmers are well into harvest in, in some areas and about to begin it in others. And uh, we know that they'll be moving farm equipment from uh, field to field. And that might mean crossing highways or, or traveling along our highways for a brief period of time. Uh, we know that collisions with farm equipment is rare, but now is the time of the year that they are most likely to happen. So something to be if you encounter farm equipment, just uh, exercise some caution, be patient around them, and give them a bit of room to work. Uh, as you said, in fact, it reinforces twice, just be patient. Uh, I guess that's the key. Yeah, farmers are usually only transporting their machinery from one field to another, so we don't expect that they'll be on the uh, road for uh, long periods of time. So even if you don't have an opportunity to pass safely, just understand that you won't be behind them for that long of a distance. And, uh, you know, the, the weather's beautiful, the sun is shining. It's a great time to just kind of enjoy the ride, 
ease off the gas pedal and enjoy your time uh, out on the road. You also mentioned that uh, you're asking people to give themselves some space. Yeah, farm equipment can be wider or longer than expected and can be actually deceptively wide and long for drivers who are not used to encountering it. So we want them to uh, give those farmers plenty of room to pass and uh, to pull back into the lane safely. Also, when you do pass, understand that that farm equipment can't, in many cases, have the ability to signal a left turn. So if, if that farm equipment is about to turn left into a field, that's not when you want to pull out to pass, obviously. So just kind of keeping an eye on the road ahead and uh, understanding where the farmer might be going is uh, key as well. And you're also asking drivers to give farmers space as well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they have plenty of blind spots, and they might not be able to see you if you're following too closely behind or or if you cut in front of them. So it just is always important that everyone see each other on the road, and that keeps everybody safe. And farmers, of course, are obviously taking care to make sure they're safe and you're safe as well. Yeah, definitely. And the other thing is, I mean, if you just keep in mind that how important agriculture is to the economy of this province, how much we all like to eat, and, you know, those farmers are responsible for the food that's on our table. So that's another reason why we should all exercise caution and uh, be patient when we're encountering farm equipment out on the road. It might delay you a little bit, but it won't be long. And at the end of the day, when you go home and you have supper, a farmer is responsible for that uh, somewhere down the line. So we want people to uh, keep that in mind. Uh, You know, we are an agricultural province. We want to support that agricultural economy. And uh, we also want to keep everybody safe as they uh, travel Saskatchewan's roads and highways. You mentioned that collisions with farm equipment are rare. Do you have any statistics? Yes, I do, actually. In uh, 2019, there were... 23 collisions on Saskatchewan roads involving farm equipment. Those collisions resulted in eight injuries and, unfortunately, uh, two deaths. And we have seen over the past several years two to three deaths each year resulting from collisions with farm equipment. So it is something that we want to uh, highlight for people that while those collisions are rare, they do happen, and we want to keep people from being hurt or killed as a result of a collision with the farm equipment. That was Tyler McMurchie, a media spokesperson for SGI on safety around farm equipment on Saskatchewan's roads and highways. Um. The Market Updates on The Source, 620 CKRM. The Market Update is brought to you by Scott Bjornson of Hollis Wealth. For more information on a free consultation, call 1-800-284-9999. And brought to you by Nelson GM, Assiniboia, and Avonlea. If you're a Costco member, get huge savings on current 2019 and 2020 SUVs. Right now, here are the latest Viterra grain prices. Durham, unchanged at 266.39. Feed Barley, also unchanged at 166.70. Canola was up 30 cents this morning to 4 441.77. Number one, Red Spring Wheat was up 249 at 216.94. All the rest unchanged. Flax, 540.85. Lentils, 547.50. Oats at 171.82. Yellow peas at 244.89. And feed wheat at 166.16. Another update is coming up this afternoon at 145. It's the Livestock Reports on The Source, 620 CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn at 842-4574. And brought to you by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers. Hello, Calvin. Junior for Heartland Livestock Service of Yorkton with your market report for the week of August 19th. Not a bad run on offer here today with 270 feeders and 425 cows and bulls to give us a total of just under 700 head. A little lighter run this week due to the calm mind starting in the countryside and some guys think it's just a little too hot to be hauling these cows. 
battle. For example, it was so hot here yesterday in Yorkton, I looked like a big pail ice cream melting in the, in the 200 alley. For this week's market report on the feeder cattle, I'll give some results from last week's sale. We had a group of 230 Samantal yearlings and 75 black and red heifers. On the steer side, 712-pound steers at 206.75. 850 pound red steers at a dollar ninety one. Nine hundred fifty four pound steers at a buck seventy nine fifty. Thousand sixty pound steers at a buck sixty eight fifty. And twelve hundred pound steers at a dollar fifty seven fifty. On the heifer trade, we saw seven hundred forty pound heifers at a buck eighty seven and a quarter. Eight hundred sixty pound heifers at a dollar seventy one seventy five. Nine fifty weight heifers at a buck sixty five. Thousand pound heifers at a dollar fifty six. And we had some six fifty weight black heifers at a buck ninety. On the cow and bull trade this week, we're seeing it under a little bit of pressure. Our cows average 83.50 with a high of 92.75. The bulls average a buck 13.50 with a high of a dollar 25.50 on a good, hard, high-yielding exotic bull. Seems like the time of the year when these yearlings are bringing really good money. So if you have any to try and get rid of, move them in the near future. We're holding regular sales every week now with our first pre-sort for set for September 16th. Give us a call here at Heartland for all your marketing needs. By the way, producers, we have a sheep sale this Friday starting at 11 a.m. Delivery Thursday from noon till 8 and again Friday morning from 8 till sale time, which is 11 a.m. Once again, this has been Junior. Stay healthy and have a safe and prosperous harvest. For Saskatchewan pork prices, Sig4 and Brandon is trading at 136.21 per CKG, and BP4 TCP4 in Moose Jaw is trading at $140 even. Coming up, the Resource Report. Um, this is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. And now the Resource Report brought to you by Foamlink Combine Lotto. Win $225,000 in cash or three hundred grand in combine cash. Ticket info at CombineLotto.com. Stats Canada says the annual rate of inflation fell to 0.1% in July from 0.7% in the previous month. The agency says the rate would have remained at 0.7% if a 15% drop in gas prices from a year ago was excluded. Prices for all air travel fell 8.6%, the first year-over-year decline since December of 2015 due to discounts offered to woo back wary customers amid the pandemic. TD Bank senior economist James Marble says companies like airlines will likely continue to offer incentives for reluctant customers in demand-constrained environments. Target says sales measured by a key metric registered their strongest performance to date for the company's second quarter. The Minneapolis-based retailer says comparable sales, which include those online, soared 24.3% in the quarter. Online sales alone surged 195% as shoppers bought a wide variety of items from food to clothing. It's the latest evidence that big box stores are becoming American consumers' prime shopping destinations during the COVID-19 pandemic. On the markets, the TSX Composite Index was down 17 points at 16,609. In New York, the Dow Jones was up 59 points at 27,837. Oil was down 37 cents to $42.75 U.S. per barrel. And the Canadian dollar is down one hundredth of a cent to 75.92 cents U.S. That's the resource report. Stay tuned for the closing grain prices at 145 this afternoon and an agri-news report at 345. Tomorrow morning, there's another agri-news report at 6.45 a.m. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. For Jim Smalley, I'm Ryan. 
You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, now starting after the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620 CKRM.